to another episode on Freshly Forever. This is Vai Kumar, your host, and I am here today to talk about managing Crohn's disease uh, or IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, and it's a personal journey for me uh, doing it. And in fact, usually I am here with a guest and I interview a guest. Today I have someone here who is very kind enough to interview me on this. Let's meet Julie Hilson. Welcome, Julie, to the show. Thanks, Vi. It's my pleasure to be here and um, interviewing you today. I really appreciate the journey you're on and sharing your personal experience. So it's my honor to, to uh, participate with you today. Oh, well, thanks a lot for doing this. I thought it will make more sense for someone to interview me rather than me uh, relating it all by myself. And so the floor is yours. It's your forum. Thanks. Well, first of all, can you tell me how um, Crohn's disease presents? Um, is it genetic? Did you contract it through um, exposure? Can you just give me some basic information about what Crohn's disease is? Crohn's disease is an autoimmune condition. It's an inflammatory bowel disease. And basically, the immune system reacts to something which it treats as an invader and it fights, the body fights against its own self. We don't know if it is environmental. It's not clear whether it's caused by any virus or bacteria or whatever it is. But basically, it causes inflammatory uh, condition in the gut. And uh, for that matter, Crohn's can go anywhere from all the way to the mouth to the anus, I believe. And sometimes it can even cause inflama inflammation in the eyes. Um, Obviously, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical professional here, but it's just a personal journey for me. And I'm just here to share my experience as to how I deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. So whatever food you eat, uh, the body reacts to it and it causes inflam inflammation. And uh, nothing has been proven yet as to what exactly... Uh, what else is a contributing factor? And I contracted it after coming to the United States. It was a year after I came to the U.S. that um, I felt symptoms. And then I was diagnosed with a very mild case of Crohn's disease. And it's been 23 long years. So you first started noticing symptoms after you moved to the United States. And you were, you were a young woman and you noticed that you weren't feeling well. Um, can you tell me about what what made you seek medical care? What, what were your symptoms that you were concerned with? Uh, my symptoms actually um, started as constipation. And all along at that point, I was naive to uh, what constipation was, how it felt like, because I just had like a pretty smooth life in terms of how my stomach felt and there were no issues. I was able to pretty much eat everything up until the point I was in India. I grew up a vegetarian and um, I used to have some eggs off and on, but it wasn't very regular. But at the same time, um, I was very comfortable with what I 
eight and even some levels of spice, although my family never cooked spicy, I was able to tolerate that as well. It just was very different when I came to the States. I guess I was uh, obviously working full time like I did in India. With my work, when I lived in downtown Chicago, um, I guess sometimes with my meeting schedule and whatnot, I just used to grab a donut or a bagel. It just felt convenient in the morning to do it. And my body was not used to all of that. And so the different eating pattern, plus the fact that I grew up in very tropical conditions, I just transitioned to the coldest possible weather in Chicago. And uh, all that, I guess, uh, hit my vitamin D levels. And B12 and vitamin D are like very significant for anyone, I would say. And I think in this case, definitely all that perhaps contributed to a change in how I started feeling. It manifested in that form. Did I answer that, Julie? Yes, thank you. I mean, um, I just, I'm intrigued by the the idea that your change in climate, the availability of sugary, high um, content white flour foods, your situation with moving you know, across the world in a different climate affected your digestive tract. And it sounds like it was very uncomfortable. And the stress of not feeling comfortable probably made you seek more comfort foods. Um, I know a lot of people when they're under high stress away from home, they're, they're just looking for something to satiate them, something to make them feel normal. And, um, you know, just that whole, the culture shock alone, it, it's a lot to deal with. And then it seems like maybe you might have had some sensitivities, but they didn't show up when you were eating more vegetarian. Well, I've always um, had vegetarian food and even moving to the States, I still stuck to my vegetarian eating pattern. But it was just that I think all along my vegetarian eating habits sort of helped me, I would say, in my symptoms not exacerbating or manifesting itself like it did normally with anybody else with Crohn's disease. Because Crohn's disease, um, it's not contagious. Um, and you asked me, I guess, um, I probably failed to answer that in the first uh, question when you said, is it genetic? It can be, I guess, because it tends to run in families in certain cases, but not in my case. I'm kind of the lucky, unlucky one, um, the very first person in my family to get it. And um, when I was first diagnosed with it, I was told that Asians seldom get it. Uh, Indians almost never get it. I just happened to be one of those very, very rare uh, cases that, you know, kind of fell prey to whatever happened. And... um, you know, as I said, it started as constipation. And some people have very, very difficult bouts of diarrhea and all of that. And they can't keep food down their system with Crohn's disease. I guess the same goes with ulcerative colitis, which is kind of the other cousin or the other component of the inflammatory bowel disease uh, grouping. In one, it affects the small bowel, and the other, it affects the colon or the large intestine. Um, but in my case, it wasn't 
that I wasn't keeping food down. It was just that certain foods would bother me, say like a slice of pizza, the cheese in it, and then any flour-based products like uh, that was also sugary because sugar tends to weaken the immune system. And uh, uh, 70 to 80% of our um, immune system resides in our gut. And so I strongly believe in the fact that we are what we eat. So whatever we put down, our system matters. And I guess my vegetarian diet kind of helped me uh, sustained though I contracted the disease. And even to this date, you know, it has helped me manage through it. It's not like I do not keep food down my system, but for certain people, it can be fistulizing disease. It can be, you know, fissures, fistulas, and a messy bottom end situation. And uh, for me, even through my pregnancy, I had to wrestle with all of those issues. Wow. I mean, it seems like it's really been a journey for you. And there's, there's, it sounds like there's people who have more um, symptoms or a stronger presentation of Crohn's disease. Like it, to me, it seems like you've ma- you've been able to manage. Um, and you mentioned that certain foods do cause flare-ups. Um, you mentioned white flour, sugar, um, dairy, and the pizza. Um, so I can understand why you're um, so committed to a plant-based lifestyle. It's not just that it makes you feel good to eat that way. It, it's the opposite. It makes you feel terrible if you don't eat that way. I commend you for listening to your body because if I can imagine if you ignored these symptoms and just tried to push through, your body would respond with those more severe um, symptoms. Um, so... This is uncomfortable to talk about, um, especially as a woman. And you talked about being pregnant and dealing with this disease. Um, what what gives you the courage to share this with the world, with the world audience? Oh, that's such a such a great question. Um, I kind of asked myself several times uh, what I should do with all this, and I always believe that. Anyone that goes through uh, difficult times should still see the positive out of it. There are so many people out there in the world that are uh, much worse in their situation than I am. And uh, I certainly do not want anyone to feel that they don't have the guidance needed to navigate the initial days or the onset of this disease. There was nobody to tell me what to do, how to handle it. I wish someone had counseled me in the first place. And um, I think things could have been so much better. I started eating and drinking full fat whole milk and it was processed milk. I was so used to uh, having raw milk back in India, raw milk as in milk that we would um, get straight from the cows and we would just put it on the stove. We would pasteurize it at home or rather heat it up to a certain temperature. And then we would use it straight up as milk or we would use it in our tea or coffee. But everything was different here for me. And um, to go back to why I decided to share this, as I said, I certainly don't want anyone that 
newly gets diagnosed to feel that they are short of help. And I really want to reach out through this forum to very many people out there who are kind of grappling with this already or are about to fall prey to this. I really don't want them to have to deal with it. So I feel it's important that they make or tweak their daily lifestyle, um, especially the eating part, to be able to stay healthy. And that's why I figured, okay, I'll just come out with my story. It's totally fine. So you want to be there for people as a resource because you felt like you weren't given that opportunity. And that's beautiful. That's a really beautiful message and uh, mission. And um, I do believe that this would be a great resource for somebody who was just recently diagnosed or, or even somebody whose family member is diagnosed. Like you said, you're the only one in your family who has the diagnosis. And there are probably people that feel um, all alone in this. And it's, it's such a personal thing that having a caring, informative site like this um, is really, really nice for people. Um, so how you've been dealing this for, with, with this diagnosis for over 20 years, um, how, how is this impacting you on a daily basis? Well, in a lot of ways, I would say, um, not only me, but people around me as well. And it need not be anyone that just lives with me. Obviously, uh, my wonderful daughter and my um, great husband, they have been extremely supportive and they have stayed very, very positive through this journey as well. It's not easy and it's not easy for parents when they visit. It's not easy for them even when they are remote to have to hear about the not so good days. And it's not easy for friends uh, that meet with me to kind of hear or, um, you know, have to uh, just listen to the fact that it's not one of my great days. Not that I kind of talk about it all the time. It's just that when they check in with me on, hey, how are you doing? And they happen to be really close that I tell them fact as fact. And uh, But one thing I want to um, say is when life throws lemons at you, um, I guess you make lemonade out of it. You know, so you really can't sit over there and cry that, oh, my day is not so great. And this week has been rough. But how I deal with it, I just plan what I eat. And uh, there was this um, recent uh, forum, a long meeting, a webinar that I attended. And uh, say I, um, we had our 25-year college uh, reunion. And it was supposed to go on for three and a half hours over Zoom, but it ended up going for nine hours. And uh, we had a formal event, an informal event, everything. It's just that when I have to, or I'm at a tennis tournament with my daughter, anything um, or out with the family or traveling to India on that long plane journey or anywhere else, I just need to plan how my day is going to look like. And pretty much it revolves around what I eat, what I bring with in terms of 
okay, I just cannot rely on processed foods all the time. So processed foods certainly is not for anyone with IBD. For them to kind of get into a mode of remission, and according to the medical world, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, or any autoimmune illness is there to stay with you forever. That's the message that the medical world gives. Uh, But as far as, and they call it going into remission, and uh, that's why they prescribe the drugs that they do. With all due respect to them, I do believe that one can overcome and sustain that remission, in which case, um, if I were the person involved, I would certainly sit and talk to my doctor about weaning off of those medications and still trying uh, to see if I have a chance to be without it. For example, when COVID set in, I just had to be home. I just couldn't go for my infusions. And my medications were once a month infusion and uh, of the immunosuppressant. And I really couldn't go at that time because I didn't feel comfortable. Plus, I had had some reaction to it when a higher dosing was tried on me. So we kind of gave it a break. And that break went on for like five, six months. And I was without medication. I felt nothing worse as far as how I could manage myself. So for some people, medicine does wonders. For some, there is not really much of an impact that um, it it offers. And in my case, um, I do not really see any big uh, help from any of the biologics that are out there for Crohn's disease. I just manage with my diet repeatedly. That's the message that I'm going to present here. And it's diet and lifestyle. I find that exercise helps me a lot. Strength training, say walking, yoga, meditation to keep you calm, um, you know, kind of try and gain that equanimity in mind. All that is very important. And I find that rice and rice-based products um, work really well for me, steamed vegetables or like, you know, vegetables with like, you know, you make a stew out of it, but you just use very mild spices. Spices as in not for the spicy kick out of it, but just spices for flavoring and seasoning. And I usually typically cook with uh, turmeric, salt, pepper, ginger, fennel, coriander, cumin, and um, sometimes onion and garlic. But all of these seem to work. But with each person, I can certainly understand if it's different. So one has to find out what works well for them. For me, other than rice, pasta works good. And gluten does not seem to be a problem. So many tests have been run on me over the years. They have tested for gluten sensitivity. They have tested for celiac. They have tested for so many different things. And uh, whether this was even intestinal tuberculosis and not Crohn's in the first place, because my symptoms were not truly a classic Crohn's. But at the same time, that's what they say every time they do a colonoscopy. And uh, I've been with the very best doctors in Chicago. I've been with uh, some very good doctors here in Atlanta as well. 
they have all been highly supportive they have all taken very good care of me but i definitely make sure that i'm equally a part of the discussion and in my care and i kind of um i'm able to work with them on how i really envision my care to be and i think that's also equally important for anyone going through this again with all due respect to medical professionals not just blindly taking the message but at the same time ask the questions just make sure to seek different options do not just jump into the fact that surgery is the option because doctors themselves allude to the fact that even with surgery it's not a solution for crohn's disease it can really come back in a neighboring spot or whatever might happen and so having said all those things um i think a vegan diet helps build the microbiome which is the good bacteria in the gut and it helps repopulate the gut so if you are eating differently i would strongly advise a slow but steady transition to a slow as in a measured approach and a transition to um a vegan diet definitely eliminate dairy products and try all these things that that are like very kind of low key that are that that are more like comfort food for the stomach say you have a pasta but at the same time don't douse it with all the sauce that you can in the world have it like a pasta primavera pasta with vegetables and uh, for some going grain free can help and uh, there are grain free options in the market these days in terms of almond flour tortillas and all of that and it's very important to read labels on food products i do not buy any and every junk that's out there so when the list goes long in the ingredients you automatically know that there's more processing involved and there's there's not the very many of the good stuff involved it is done to increase shelf life so it's really a question of navigating in every sense and planning and doing what we need to do i know it's a very long answer but i thought it was important it is very important um to be a self advocate in your medical care is it's a universal message um, even if you don't have a diagnosis i mean every every person is an individual and you have to stand up for your individual needs and your individual body which is not like anyone else's and that's what makes us a beautiful universe together as we all bring something different so to think that our diets and the way our bodies react to different foods can be different makes sense we're not um I think that a lot of people want everyone to just be homogeneous and you know like that that cardboard box you pick off the shelf at the grocery store is going to taste the same every time but that's not necessarily what we need because the reason it tastes the same is because it's been like you said it's been stabilized it has preservatives it's all about making a shelf life and longer and in increasing the um the monetary the the profit that the manufacturer the grocery store makes and it's not always best for our health so i think that is a universal message and i think it's a beautiful message that okay you have a diagnosis 
what does that mean to you? Um, you mentioned some things that are, you know, red flags that could be pretty standard. You mentioned, um, you mentioned sugars, you mentioned white flowers, you mentioned um, gut health. And these things are important for everyone. But when you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease, you really have to be careful because from what you said, I'm not an expert in this either, but if if you go too far into taking things in that bother your gut, you're going to have inflammation and possible need for surgery. And even if you have surgery, it could come up again if you don't if you don't change what you're doing. Um, I also remember you saying that you had to stop your treatment, your your um what did you call it? Your um transfusions? Infusions. Okay, sorry. Your infusions. And that must have been a little scary at that time, right? Well, I have never been afraid of the whole thing. Um, symptoms sometimes drive me nuts. They make me a little discouraged. Um, they say stress plays a major role in Crohn's disease. Uh, they say, was there any life event or anything that preceded your diagnosis and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I typically do not like to use that word at all in my day-to-day -day life. And I don't like to use the words frustrated or depressed. Usually, I only spell them out. And for the sake of the listeners here in this program, I'm having to say it and I'm saying it. But typically, I just substitute those with Okay, an overwhelming feeling, maybe. And that's kind of how I describe things. I never, never resort to any of these words. And uh, so I was not scared. I was actually happy to be off of medications. Uh, but at the same time, I had to again. And even in my case, though, I have to really watch what I eat, even if I'm on medications. For some, when they are on medications, it just works wonders and it can just help them go into remission and they are able to eat anything and everything. But I don't think that's a long-term solution, though. One has to really watch their iron levels. One has to watch their B12, vitamin D, obviously, their inflammatory status, uh, the protein requirement. And so one may ask, how is it that with a vegetarian diet, one can get all the protein or even if you go vegan, all the beans and lentils come to my rescue. And of course, when you transition to for each person, it may react differently. So a measured and slow transition is what is needed. And there's something called a Crohn's disease exclusion diet, which can, which people can look up. And in fact, I'm going to have a new website altogether with all the recipes and everything that I kind of use on a regular basis. And it has been on my to-do list to come up with that. And when I do that, I can put it up and I can always update the show notes. And I can, when people follow me on Instagram or Facebook on the Fresh Leaf Forever page or at Fresh Leaf Forever on Instagram, uh, certainly whenever that update goes in, they can get notified. And um, so it just was a matter of, again, what I ate. Eat plenty of fruits, 
and vegetables. Colorful vegetables, colorful fruits that can help repopulate your microbiome. And in fact, I have now stopped taking a probiotic. And because the food itself populates your gut so much, there's so much protein even in some of the vegetables. There's even inherent fat in it. And on my show, somebody came, a guest uh, came on the program on the topic plant-based diet demystified. And she mentioned for anyone to avoid oil as well. So she was saying that fat is also a culprit for many of the illnesses and including diabetes. And so it's like, in my case, I have all along been avoiding the sugars and reading labels and doing only something which is like uh, five grams of sugar per serving or less than that. Uh, And even with that, I would only take like a measured half a spoon or whatever. And for instead of regular sugar, which doesn't really work well for me at all, I use coconut palm sugar, which is low glycemic index. And that works well for me. So it was just, again, a matter of tweaking my lifestyle, though I was away from medication and making sure that I could sustain. And I was on target with my protein drinks and I use an elemental product. Um, I'm not paid here to... Uh, promote products. Uh, But again, on my website, I'll just throw in all the information when that becomes ready to um, just for people to understand what products I use and so on and so forth. I used to do egg whites and that used to work well for me. But right now I'm adopting a completely vegan lifestyle. So I've given up on eggs as well. Um, So I just want to give everything a chance. And the Crohn's disease exclusion diet primarily involves like white rice and rice-based products and potatoes. And, you know, like it's not like uh, you fry the potatoes and have them. It's like, you know, you make mashed potatoes or just steam the potatoes and, you know, have like boiled potatoes. And they allow eggs and a little bit of like mild uh, meat products, like when it comes to, you know, like lean protein, like chicken and so on. But I did not use that. I just resorted to whatever was the vegetarian portion of it. And I kind of stuck with that um, eight to 12 week program. And that also helped me. So pretty much it has been a journey. And my journey has been completely based on diet. And I should say, Omega-3 has also been very helpful in fighting off inflammation in my case. I use an omega curcumin. I always tell my physician and my GI doctor in this case as to what I do. So it's really important that you discuss even any of the -the over-the-counter medications that you take with your GI doctor. Please make them aware of it and please be participative in your care. Ask questions, but at the same time, make them aware of whatever you're doing. Because I'm here in this forum to share my experience and my journey. This is not to be construed as medical advice and is not going to be a substitute for medical advice. This is just to give you insights on how you can approach your care. So that is something very, very important. With that said, 
let's take a little breather here, a 15 second uh, time out and then get back with the discussion. During the pregnancy, I had to um, undergo a few procedures for abscess drainages and so on. Pregnancy can do good or bad. And I guess at that point, you know, my disease, my disease was supposedly mild and then it was transitioning to a different thing. And uh, with the hormones, I guess mine took a turn for the worse and I ended up having abscesses. And like I said, my disease was more of the fistulizing and uh, that type of thing. And uh, so I had to undergo drainage. And uh, so again, every stage I have learned and for those type of situations, doing a sits bath and taking care of yourself, keeping yourself more hygienic. And uh, we pretty much have like bidet toilets or uh, handy sprays in the bathrooms. And uh, so because toilet paper is, is not something that I personally would advocate for anyone with this type of an issue. I mean, use toilet paper to the very minimum. Uh, to keep your surroundings clean and and to maybe just to, you know, dab any wet stuff off. But at the same time, for basic cleansing and, you know, comfort in the area and for healing to get promoted, um, the handy sprays or the bidet toilets, especially if they have both warm and uh, normal temperature, they really help the water temperature um, the warmth really helps. And I've resorted to so much of hot pad use whenever I feel like, you know, there is any discomfort in my stomach. I'm very pain tolerant, but people's pain level and tolerance can be different. So I'm not going to personally classify it as pain, but um, I have used castor oil and a topical application of castor oil on my stomach and I've used hot pad and uh, all that has helped made me feel better. And uh, um, of course, all of this I didn't have to resort to during these recent times when I was off of medication. This was all prior. Uh, but I just wanted to drive home the point that uh, people also have to keep in mind as far as the hygiene issue and whatnot when it comes to uh, managing bottom and Crohn's disease. And irrespective for anyone, a lot of our friends resorted to changing to bidet toilets when uh, COVID set in because there was lack of toilet paper in the stores. And uh, so it's just funny. And one other thing, the reason we moved from Chicago to Atlanta was for my health. That was because when we went to vacations outside where to warmer places, say like Mexico or whatnot, during the, those five days or one week when we would be gone, uh, I would come back gaining weight. And of course, I was off eating a diet which was not spicy or that did not involve spices. Not that I use red chili flakes or green chilies in my cooking. Never. I do not because that's a huge no-no for me. And uh, But the warmer weather certainly helped. And every winter season here, even in Atlanta, it's cold. Uh, all of North America is cold. You can't help it. And I grew up in 100-plus uh, uh, Fahrenheit weather. So it's a very different ball game for me here in the United States. But 
winter is certainly not my favorite, but I'm trying to keep myself more warm, more active, more energized by um, doing whatever form of exercise that I can. And I know it's very hard to balance exercise and how you feel because um, sometimes for people that are not feeling well, how is it that one can muster up the energy to go exercise? So yeah, your electrolyte drinks, whatever works for you, find something which has very minimal ingredients, which is very minimally processed. And uh, there's something out there, you know, definitely any of the vegan stuff, all of these will come in handy. And um, yeah, I've always had to uh, stay very positive, very brave, very firm, um, participate in my care, advocate for myself. And uh, that's how I think I've been able to get to where I am. I was one time 66 pounds when I was in Chicago with a two and a half year old child. And uh, I had to be on uh, parental nutrition for the first time. So that is uh, total parental nutrition where they put a central IV line and then they feed you through that your quota of carbohydrates, proteins and fats um, for the day is prepared in a bag and then it goes through a central IV line into your system. So nutritionally, keeping up has been the challenge for me and maintaining my weight or gaining weight has been my issue. Thankfully, I do not have a weight loss or losing weight issue on hand. Wow. I mean, that's, you've had quite a journey and um, I can tell that you don't focus on what's not going right. You're a problem solver and you're going to get the information and, and keep fighting and, you know, having to be in the situation where you're, you're, like you said, you were 66 pounds with a, with a child. That is, that's a significant thing. And for you to, to figure out how to maintain, and now you have, you're maintaining your weight and you're, you're finding what works for you and, sharing that is it's it's very commendable and and it, it does show your strength of of character and your commitment and and I think that's just amazing I applaud you for that thank you so many times people will feel like they're a victim and you're yeah, you're not a victim <laughs> um I there's so much I feel like you could go on forever. Is there, is there anything else you want to talk about? What you, did you have to have surgery at one point? I unfortunately had to, that was in 2008 when I developed a transverse colon stricture and a stricture is typically a narrowing and charring of, um, of tissue. It becomes so narrow that, you know, you can have a block. So when they realized and noticed that I, all of a sudden I had had some nausea symptoms and vomiting. And that was what I guess led to the finding. And I had to undergo surgery. And uh, because of my bottom end issue, I was also diverted for some time. And it was supposed to be for three months, but it ended up being a year and a half. That did 
did not really, the ileostomy did not really help me. But at the same time, um, I was able to come out of it again. I think all my diet practices have helped me stand ground and I've participated in my care and advocated for myself. I repeat that over and over again because that is important. It is important to ask the right questions and um, I have an extremely supportive family and they... um, I also want to tell people to shop organic, eat organic, eat minimally processed, um, vegan. There's also junk in vegan and vegetarian foods. So do not just. And my guest was very nice to point out last to last week in the plant-based diet episode that shop along the periphery of the store. Just go to the store, get your major produce and come out. And I know it may not be feasible for very many to shop organic all the time. If that is not the case, um, a good thing is to grow your own vegetables or fruits as much as you can. It's a nice pastime. Being connected with the ground, with the earth also helps build your bi- microbiome here. And there are some very good books um, also that are written by some very good doctors and there are some uh, very good podcasts also on all of this, building your microbiome and your um, health. And my uh, plant-based diet episode, the guest also mentioned it. And I am going to try and include those in the show notes here as well. And I strongly recommend that listeners read that book. And um, yeah, so I have remained um, stable. But again, sometimes there have been rough patches and I've had to go back on parenteral nutrition again. So having a central IV line, we always keep talking at home. Oh, how about we have a dog and maintaining the hygiene, maintaining a sterile line and keeping it sterile and all that is very challenging. And um, I just can't expose myself anywhere and everywhere. And uh, so I want to be fair to... Um, the new uh, introduction if we ever were to have a pet in our lives and uh, we would love to but uh, certainly yeah it's always you know it's a balance in life and uh, so many things that one has to do it's not like it's it's too much it's just accepting and making minor tweaks in your lifestyle which go a long way and for me I've learned it over the years and for and I've also tried coming from India, I've tried Ayurveda, I've tried homeopathy, and I've tried so many other integrative therapies. And even here, I go to a nutrition response testing practitioner and uh, so many things. Um, everything has helped me um, in some form or the other. And uh, during my very bad days, I still resort to homeopathy. I have a few remedies that I take. But I make sure that I go tell my doctor about it. So there's nothing to hide. Be very participative in the care. And that is very important. And um, yeah, so keep up with your nutrition. Keep up with your exercise. Stay very positive and vibrant. And uh, I think that should make it simpler. Because after all, if we start doing this right at... Uh, the initial stages of diagnosis, then definitely it's much more manageable and one can possibly even um, overcome, if I may use the word, or reverse the condition. Uh, Although the medical world may not necessarily agree with me on the statement, uh, but there are people that have definitely led very comfortable lives 
And I certainly look forward to the day when I completely cross the bridge and that will be the day it will all come out in a book. I think you're well on your way. And your message is just, it's um, holistic in the fact that it's not just food. It's not just exercise. It's not just medication. It's, you know, it's that relationship with your body. And when you can listen to your body and, and not judge what your body's telling you, like you, like when you said you don't have you have a high pain tolerance, but it, it's, it's, I don't think to me, it's not so much your pain tolerance. It's that you're listening and you're not judging. You're not putting a label. This is good or bad. You're like, okay, this is what my body's telling me. And you accept it without emotion. It's just, you're taking action. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. And if people could even do that um, more with their emotions, say they feel anger and instead of letting that fester and, and, and try to push the anger away, because if you don't accept where you are, it just gets bigger until you, you, you submit to what you're feeling. You have to accept the anger. You have to accept this is uncomfortable. And then you can go to a problem solving mode. And I think that's what you've illuminated so well is that, you know, you, it's not that you're judging. It's not that you're, a victim, you're, you're taking in the information and you're saying, this is how I'm going to go from here. And that's a powerful message to anyone. And also that connection to the earth and to your food. If you can, if you can go to the grocery store and appreciate the colors and the leaves on the fruits and vegetables and, and just understand that that's a gift from the earth. And if you can take that in as, as a gift and nutrition Um, it's a, it's a powerful thing versus opening up a plastic package and, and heating something up in the microwave. It's, it's a different experience and just the same as picking your own food is a different experience than having something that's been sitting in a warehouse. Um, so it's, it's a good way to take care of mother earth to grow food and it's a good way to take care of us. And I think that as soon as, our culture can embrace that we're all connected in that way. We're all going to be a lot more healthy and it's not just Crohn's disease. It's, it's a lot of things that are linked to us not respecting ourselves and not respecting mother earth. So I really, I really resonate with your message on that. Well, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. And just as a, a reminder and a takeaway, I would tell people to be in control of their care tweak your lifestyle a little bit uh, just to make yourselves more comfortable. Stay very positive. There's not every single day that's uh, nice and bright. You know, there are gloomy days and uh, the best thing to do is go look at yourself in the mirror, throw a smile and uh, just move on. It may sound crazy, but that's what I do. And that helps me immensely. And I can, I can certainly attest to that. And uh, yeah, um, Hopefully, no one faces uh, this uphill battle with um, the inflammatory bowel conditions. It's not fun, but uh, hey, you know, we just uh, deal with things as they come along, but uh, we'll we'll be okay. Certainly, you know, there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel for everything. And Julie, I just want to mention you're also a huge advocate of uh, plant-based eating and whatnot. And there's so many other good things that you do. 
your website and uh, your new book that's coming up. You know, we need to talk about it uh, in another episode on the show. So I welcome you back again sometime to join us. But if you can give um, listeners um, a very quick heads up. So if it's already out, they may consider ordering it for Christmas and that'll be wonderful. So why don't you just tell them about it and we can sign off? Thanks. Thanks, Vi. Um, it was my pleasure to be on your podcast today. And um, my book is with the editor. I don't think it's going to be out by Christmas, but my website is www.youneedapeptalk.com. And I put on there my universal principles for happiness. Um, I'm a light worker and I strive to help people live in their joy. And However, that materializes for each person is what makes our world a beautiful place. And I just want us to all live in that vibration of caring, love, and grace. So I appreciate this. And um, I look forward to coming back when my book is, is ready to be, um, to be purchased. It's called Loving Devotions for a Sovereign Soul. And um, Thank you so much. Oh, that's such a wonderful message. And it resonates so well with the holiday season as well. And uh, there's so much compassion and love that everyone can extend. And we can we can make it, uh, uh, what shall I say, we can make it um, manifold this holiday season, uh, given all that is going on around us. And what a year that 2020 has been. Certainly look forward to a better future. And um, thank you so much once again for joining me on the show. And uh, it just was such a pleasure. Thanks. Light and love. <laughs> <laughs>